I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh, we talk to folks and you know sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Good morning. I'd like to start by uh, reading this passage like we did last week. This is Romans chapter 1, verse 16, just the first part of it. I'd like us to just read it aloud together. Ready? I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Isn't that beautiful? It's just so beautiful. It says so many things. There's really two things every time I look at it. It says, number one, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, That's a a negative way. It's what I'm not. What am I of the gospel? I'm proud of the gospel. The gospel's changed my life. It's changed everything about me. I'm not ashamed, but not only am I not ashamed, I'm proud of the gospel. Why? Because it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel's so powerful, it's, it's changed my life, but it's not just for me, it's for everyone. It has power to change anyone's life if you believe. If you believe in Jesus, the gospel will change your soul. It'll change your eternity. And so I'm proud of that. I don't, we're not hiding it. We don't hide the gospel. We're proud of the gospel. This year, we've made a commitment to be driven by the gospel, not only privately in our own godliness, but publicly with our words to proclaim the gospel, amen? To proclaim God's good news. The gospel isn't meant to hold on to and to hide. Jesus didn't give us the gospel and then say, just hold on to it and keep it tucked away until, until, until I need you. It's given to you by somebody, and you're intended to give it to somebody else. It's meant to share. And that's why last week we talked about the essentials, the absolute core of the gospel, that it's Jesus and who Jesus is, that he's the son of God. It's his life, his sinless life, and then it's his death, which is a payment for sin, and then his resurrection, which shows his victory over sin. And then in his victory, he offers us victory if we believe in him. He offers us victory, new life, eternal life, and forgiveness if we believe in him. So I'm wondering, and I know know it's just, it's, I, I didn't necessarily prep you for this, but um, did anyone uh, here take this good news that has the power to save anyone who believes and attempt to share that with someone this week? You might have come up short, but did you have a spiritual conversation for the purpose of, of trying to share the gospel, trying to share good news with somebody? Just g- give me a spirit. Thank you. 
Anyone would like to share what that experience was like? Just briefly how it came up and we just want to encourage everyone to to be we're not just talking about this. We're doing this. This is happening. Whether you like it or not, this is happening. We're taking this and we're going out with it. And I, if you shared the gospel, not everyone's comfortable public speaking. Amen? Amen. Yes. Um, but if you are and you'd like to come up and just share uh, briefly, let me know. Ben Black, everybody. All right, Ben, what happened? Okay, so I was at work. Um, this one kid spilled some food. Uh, not kid, he was um, a coworker, anyways. And he was like, "Why did, did I, do I not go to church enough?" Uh, and God did this to me. I was like, "No." Um, what else did he say? Ba- basically, he came up with a bunch of scenarios, and I was like, "It's." That's not why your, your food spilled, man. You just, you just spilled it. Um, and this, this lady walked in, and she was like, and we kind of got into like a conversation about God. Um, she was kind of mostly talking about her issues with God and how she doesn't feel like people bel- should go to hell because they're not good enough. Um, at, the t- at the time, um, I wasn't able to um, get across to her like, you know, the main facts that, hey, everybody's, you know, Fallen short of the glory of God, right? Um, and God is the one who defines what good is. Um, but like she, the fact that she went to me and that we have already had other previous gospel conversations um, shows that at least I'm I'm willing it to be out there and and that we have tried and I, I continue I, I want to continue to try um, to bring stuff like that to her. Um, and I actually didn't really feel as prepared as I should have been, but I actually texted Pastor Aaron, and he gave me some, like, tips and stuff and what I should do. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm better prepared. I knew I wasn't prepared at that moment, um, but now I'm more prepared. So for next time when that does happen, you know, I can go in and more face, better, you know, be able to share it more freely and with more confidence. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, being, being there in the moment, it's weird, right? Um, so yesterday I came for the men's breakfast, which uh, also women were invited to, um, but uh, we didn't have any orange juice. So I went over to Albertsons to get some orange juice, and I got to the, I, I parked, and as I got out of the car, I, I thought, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I thought, I need to share the gospel with someone right now. And uh, there was a guy pushing the, the carts, and I, th- and I was walking toward the, you know, the, the entrance, and I saw the guy pushing the carts, and I was like, I have no idea what to say. There's nothing coming to me. Nothing's coming to me. Um, and I like, looked at him, and he wasn't looking at me, and I was like, oh, because I, I don't know what I would say anyway. And so I just walked in, and I, but I was thinking, I need to, I, I, need to, I would like to, if I, I would like to share the gospel with someone or just head in that direction, amen. You know what I'm talking. Just like let's 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 have a let's have a conversation that hopefully uh, opens a door to a spiritual conversation, which hopefully opens a, a door to uh, a deeper conversation about the gospel. So I'm in. I'm in. I, I'm going to get the the juice, and I actually got chocolate milk also because I love chocolate milk. Um, and so I got the juice, and I got chocolate milk, and I was coming back out, and I was I saw someone buying cat food, and I was like, no. 
Um, not because people that buy cat food don't deserve the gospel, but um, <laughs> he was busy. <laughs> and, uh, and then I saw someone else, and I was like, oh, I just like walk up to someone like, hi, do you know the gospel? I just, I was like, I don't know what to do. And it's just weird, right? It's weird. I mean, you, you feel like there's something in me that wants to do this, but I'm not sure how to make that true. And I get in line, and the line is very long, and then someone else opens up a new line, so um, I let everyone else go into the new line <laughs> because Jesus loves you. And um, but I didn't say that. Oh, I should have said that. Uh, so then I finally get up to the cashier, and she says... Um, and it's very early, and I stay up late, especially on the weekends, um, getting ready for, for my sermon, because that's the only time it's quiet in my house. And um, so I was very tired, and I think you could see in my face that I was tired. So I get up there, and I give her the, the stuff, and she was like, thirsty? And I didn't say anything. I didn't even register that she had, she had said anything, because I was thinking, like, how am I going to share the gospel with somebody? And this lady's talking to me, and I'm not even thinking about it. And... Um, and then she, she makes a comment about, about my mood. And I forgot what she said. She's like, oh, like early day or something or like long day ahead. And I was like, I was like oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to put my, my phone number in the pad and I'm just distracted. And then she's, and, and she was like, well, you haven't had your chocolate milk yet. And I went, I looked at her and I was like, that's true, but with God, all things are possible. And she goes, yeah. And I was like, do you believe that? And she goes, yeah, I think I do. And I was like, yeah. I go to a church that's just right, literally right down the street across from the high school. Do you go to a church around here? And she goes, yeah, I'm Lutheran. When I go, I go to a, a Lutheran church. And I was like, I was like, okay, yeah. And I was like, you know, maybe, in the, maybe sometime in the future we can talk longer about it when the, the line's not very long. But, you know, God bless, have a great day. And she was like, thanks so much. And then I was like, awake. <laughs> I was finally awake for the day. And I thought, thank you, Jesus, because I was so worried about how this was going to happen. And I knew that I, I wanted to, to do something. But in the moment, it's very weird when you're thinking, uh, what am I going to do? And like for Ben, um, she, you know, his coworker brought up a good, a good point, And there is a good answer to that good point. Uh, but in the moment, you're sort of like, oh, I actually, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. Honestly, let me get back to you. It's a beautiful answer because it gives you two things. It gives you a chance to go make sure that you've got your ducks in a row and you know what you're talking about. It also allows you to re-engage that conversation. So you can go back up to that person and say, hey, remember the other day? And I said, let me get back to you. Well, here's me getting back to you. And then it's not weird. Do you understand? So it's, it's, it, it is it is weird, and in that moment when you're wanting to share the gospel, the devil is trying to do everything that he can to stop you. So just remember that as you go. And if you were, if you were called to court to testify about the power of the gospel, if you were called to uh, share your testimony, how the gospel has changed your life, how Jesus has changed your life and, and healed you, would you have something to say? If you were called before a committee to share what Jesus has done in your life, would you have anything? Or would you just say, I don't know, it just makes me go to church a lot. Would you have something to say about how Jesus has changed your life? You can share that with people. You can share that with people. It's, not, it's so powerful. The gospel is powerful. It's saving. It's eternal. 
Jesus paid an incredible price so that we could have this good news. And there is never a bad time for good news. Amen? So be willing and eager, be hungry for sharing the gospel. And I guarantee God will open a door for you to share the gospel. We have to share it. Honestly, what does it mean if we don't share it? What does it mean if you've got great news about eternal life and forgiveness, about getting right with God and spending forever with him in paradise, and you, and you look at someone and you don't tell them? I want you to watch this video. This is Penn Jillette. Yeah, he's an atheist. He's a magician. If you've heard of Penn and Teller, this is Penn. And um, he's a, an outspoken critic of religion and Christianity. But I, I want you to hear um, his story. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show. And at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and, you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um, he had been the, um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so he had the props from that in his hand because we give those away. He had the the joke book and the and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, I, uh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show. And uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language and... Um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And, uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive. And he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice insane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe 
that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever. And you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on. And then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave me that book. That's all I wanted to say. He said, how much do you have to hate someone to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? Some of the most perceptive comments I've heard like that. If you knew that a truck was coming to hit somebody and they didn't know it, or they didn't see it, and they, ha they had no idea, you would do everything that you can to get them to get out of the way, wouldn't you? And this is more important than that. Sharing the gospel is everything. And what was so impressive to Penn was that the guy kept... He kept saying, he looked at me in the eyes. He wasn't ashamed to share the gospel. He wasn't ashamed to hand a Bible. He didn't sit there and do a full gospel presentation. He just said, I wrote a little note in this thing, and, and, and I'm, I'm proselytizing, and I want you to know this, and I, I care enough about you to give you this. And you can tell it left an emotional impact. We, um, as Christians, the thing that Jesus told us to do right before he went to heaven is to teach people to follow him. That's to share the gospel. That's, we call that discipleship, how you follow Jesus. Evangelism and discipleship, how you share the good news about Jesus and then how you encourage people to follow him. That's the last thing he told us to do. And then to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and to do that around the world. Guys, that is the one thing that we do. 
Okay, uh, I was mentioning this at, uh, on Wednesday, and it just sort of came up randomly, but what does a pilot do? What's a pilot do? Flies a plane or a spaceship. I don't know. What's a teacher do? Teaches. Okay. Uh, is there, are there other things that teachers do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, lesson prep is not teaching, but lesson prep and making sure that you're up on your subject and, um, you know, uh, you know, being a good uh, coworker with the other teachers. There's all kinds of things that teachers do. Parent-teacher conferences is not teaching, right? Uh, there's all kinds of things teachers do, but it's really all for the purpose of teaching. Uh, pilots, they fly, but they also have a checklist, and they make sure that the mechanics are working, and they, they, they test all the gauges, and they, they keep up on their training. And uh, th- there's all kinds of things that pilots do, in order to be pilots, but what it's all for the purpose of flying, right? Christians, everything that we have, everything that we do, all of this, all of the good, important things like prayer and Bible study and fellowship, all of the good things and the songs that we sing, all of those things, they're good for us, but they're good for us to what? to hold on to and just to keep to ourselves? No, it's all for us so that we can be built up, so we can be strong, so that we can share the gospel with confidence. Because that's the one thing that Jesus told us to do, is go and show people how to follow him. If you are not sharing the gospel, you're not truly following Jesus. Because that's the thing that he saved you to do. He has saved you from sin and commissioned you to go and save other people from their sin. And it doesn't mean you're going to be great. It just means you need to be faithful and unashamed because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to all who believe. Amen? So last Sunday, we talked about what is the gospel? What are the basics of the message that we're supposed to tell people? And today we're going to talk about the people who need to hear the gospel, the people like Penn. So open your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to be starting in verse 16. If you're using the Bibles under the chairs, the red Bibles, it's on page 957. While you're getting there, I, I want to share one more thing with you. Um, my commitment this year is to push us hard toward the gospel. Because I really want you to be so full of the gospel that it just comes out all the time, that, you sh- that you're sharing it. Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And part of that means that, that here on Sunday morning, uh, we're going to do things like when I say, the, when I say the, the page number of the Bible. I want you to know that if you invite someone to come to church and they're not familiar with the Bible, they're not going to feel lost. They're not going to feel like everything is going over their head. I'm not going to use huge theological words. I'm, I'm, we're doing everything that we can to make sure that people who don't know Jesus, who aren't familiar with the gospel, can come here and engage and access 
what it is that we're talking about. Amen? So if you've got someone in your life that needs to know Jesus, that, that doesn't know Jesus, or maybe is unchurched or has fallen away, invite them. Bring them. That Maybe that's one of the ways that you're going to share the gospel with somebody, is just by inviting them to come and to be present with us. Um, but that's, that's my commitment, is to not preach over people's heads. I want to make sure that everyone has access to what we're talking about. So this is 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This is verse 16. Paul is writing a letter um, to the, the church in Corinth, the Corinthians. And uh, this is uh, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I'm still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in preaching I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. This, this beginning of the passage is important, but it's, it might be a little bit confusing. Let me explain it. Paul's saying that he has to preach the gospel. He just has to. He's compelled to. I must. In fact, he says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Amen? If I don't preach the gospel, it's, it's woe, woe unto me. He really should be getting paid for this, he says, for what good the gospel is doing and his role in the gospel. He really ought to be getting paid. But he doesn't preach for the money. He doesn't preach for the pride. It's not a mark of boasting for him or or for the, the reward that's here. But his reward, he says, what then is my reward? His reward is getting to preach the gospel for free. Do you look at the gospel as something that is, that is intrinsically rewarding? Okay, because the point that he's making in the beginning of this passage, Logan, if you hit the next slide, is that sharing the gospel really is its own reward. If you've ever shared the gospel before, if you've ever shared the love of Jesus with someone before, oh, it'll light your heart on fire for like a week or two at least, It gives you so much fuel and motivation. Sharing the gospel is a reward in itself. Being faithful to the thing we're supposed to do, like a pilot flying a plane. They could do all of the other things forever. They could get all of the other stuff done. But there aren't any pilots that specialize in making sure the screws are tight. Because pilots fly planes. And when a pilot gets up in the plane, it means everything. That's what it's all about. And for us, sharing the gospel is its own reward. And Paul says, I'm not doing it for the pride. I don't boast in preaching. It's really necessary for me. In fact, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. But what's my reward? Because I'm not taking any money. I ought to. I deserve it. But I don't. Why? Because I get a reward from sharing the gospel free of charge. That in my preaching, I may present the gospel free of charge. The gospel is its own reward. You must believe that. Because it's true. It's absolutely true. In your outline, that that blank is under the passage. Just fill it in now, and and then we're going to keep reading. 
But if you've ever shared the gospel, you know, you know what this is talking about. You know what, what Paul is talking about. The gospel is powerful and it's satisfying spiritually. And it's, that's really his, his first point. Okay, now verse 19. Just continue where we left off. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them in its blessings. Isn't that beautiful? Paul says, I'm a free man. He's a Roman citizen. He could, he could do whatever he wants, really. He's a Roman citizen in the Roman Empire. He's got options, but he has chosen to become a servant to everyone so that he might win them. He says, to the Jews to those under the law, to those outside the law, to the weak. And then in verse 22, he writes, I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. There are all kinds of people who need to know about the love and forgiveness that Jesus offers. All kinds, all kinds of people. Paul gives a a list of some of the people he's familiar with the Jews who live under the law of Moses, people who don't, and people who are weak. And he says, I do whatever it takes to reach them with the gospel. Let's talk about that for a second. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. Do you think for Paul, becoming weak helps him in some way reach the weak with the gospel? Yeah, right? So think, think about it like this. If you were trying to reach homeless people with the gospel and you found that walking up to them and just having a conversation wasn't getting very far, that you, that you didn't have the, the, the kind of common ground with them necessarily that you would have with someone else. You know what I mean? Like if you go to Albertsons and you're talking to the cashier, you can assume some things are true about you and her. You can assume that you both get a paycheck, you both pay taxes, you both, you know, have a driver's license. You, you can make some assumptions so that there's common ground in your conversation. But if you go to a, a homeless person, they might not uh, experience life the same way that you do. So you just don't have the same, the same access to talking to them about, well, you know, what's going on. So you find that, that just talking to homeless people is maybe not working very well. What would you do to try to to try to access what they're going through. You might do some research. You might go to the library, check out a book, go online and do, read about what homeless people go through and what that's like. Go find what resources they have access to so you can talk to them about things like that. And if you really wanted to go deep and understand what it is that they're going through, you would maybe try to live like a homeless person for a while so that you could really relate to them. And that's what Paul is talking about. I became weak for the weak so that I could win them. 
so that I could share this victory with them, so that I could share the gospel with them. Really, it's for, this, it's for the sake of understanding them. If you lived like someone, you would understand what they're going through. You would understand uh, why the gospel matters for them, how Jesus heals their situation, and how the gospel gives them hope. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being strategic. There's nothing wrong with doing a little research because it's just like the truck. If a truck is bearing down on somebody, you would do everything that you can to get them out of the way, right? Is it wrong to, to be strategic in figuring out how to do that? Is it wrong to do some research to figure out if this more important thing? No. So do research. Figure it out. Be strategic. That, all, of that, all of that is okay. Living like someone would give you the best insight. But what's really interesting about Paul when he writes this is that he's saying, um, it, it almost sounds like he's saying that he did these things to himself, right? Like um, to those outside the law, I became as one outside the law that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I, I made myself weak so that I could win the weak to Jesus with the gospel. And I think that's, that's where his heart is but I think it's, yeah, Paul is actually pointing to things that God did to him. Because Paul didn't make himself a Jew. Paul didn't make himself um, a, a Christian who is free from uh, the law of Moses in, in the same way that, that the Jews weren't. Uh, Paul didn't necessarily make himself weak. Did Paul shipwreck himself? Did he beat himself almost to death? Did he imprison himself? Paul is looking at that at things that God has done in his life and is saying, those are things that are true of me now, and I'm going to use those things to try to relate to other people in those situations for the sake of the gospel. So let me ask you this. Are there things that God has, has done in your life, things that are true about you that you could use to honor Jesus, that you could use as a, as a door to share the gospel? Paul took a hardship, for example, his weakness, and he found an opportunity in it. It's not in your outline. Honestly, you might want to write this down. See tragedy as an opportunity. In fact, see every circumstance as an opportunity. So do you... If you have cancer, I've never had cancer. Uh, but if you go in and you go to have chemo treatments and you're sitting in a room full of other people who are having chemo treatments, I think Paul would say, to the sick I became sick that I might win the sick. Do you understand? Paul would see his circumstance as an opportunity to share the gospel, that he can relate to those people in a way where he can share God's good news with them. If you're a student, 
Paul would say, to the students, I became a student that I might win the students. If you're retired, the question is, how are you using your circumstances to reach the lost? Because God gives you those circumstances, according to Paul, as opportunities to reach the lost with the gospel. All of the things that you're going through, all of the, the affinity groups that you belong to, all of the, uh, your, the club that you belong to, the, the, uh, the things that are unique about your life, even the tragedies. Today, we're, cel- we're celebrating, we're honoring Sanctity of Life Sunday. If you've had an abortion, do you think that God wants to redeem that as something that honors the gospel, that maybe you could volunteer in a place like Karenet and you could share good news, you could share hope with people who are struggling through a similar circumstance? Paul is saying, I use the things that God has done in my life to relate to other people in those circumstances for the sake of Jesus Christ. We can do that too. We ought to do that too. Because Paul didn't like being weak. Here's what he wrote in 2 Corinthians, the, the next chapter. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He wrote, To keep me from being conceited, to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations that he's received. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul writes, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Paul doesn't want to be weak, but he'll celebrate the weaknesses that God has allowed him because those are open doors to reach people in similar situations. Isn't that crazy? The Bible says that God uses all things for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose. Like Paul, we need to see our circumstances as opportunities to share the good news about Jesus. Because God doesn't give us challenges that can't be used to honor him. You probably ought to write that one down too. It's not in your outline, but God does not give us challenges that can't be used to honor him. Yeah, that last blank, not even gonna do it. Cross it out. Write that one instead. God doesn't give us challenges that can't be used to honor him. For Paul, he could lean on his background as a law-observing Jew to reach Jews in the name of Jesus. He could use his newfound freedom from the law, his freedom in Christ, to understand how to reach those who weren't a part of the law of Moses. He can use his weakness to reach the weak because it's all about understanding the people who need the gospel. Really, this is speaking to the value of relating to the lost. 
caring about what they're going through and using your common ground to help them find forgiveness and healing and hope that Jesus offers to all who believe in him. Sharing the gospel is not like having a debate, having an argument. Uh, Earlier in my life, I made that mistake. I thought I could just argue everyone into heaven. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. The gospel isn't about arguments. It's about people. It's about hearts. Uh, this morning, I was, uh, I was uh, disturbing John's uh, Sunday school class, and uh, they, they were talking about how David, when uh, challenging Goliath, uh, Goliath uh, it was uh, taunting David, and David's retort wasn't just about, well, yeah, well, I'm going to get you. It was putting God at the center of what's going to happen. And he did it loud and he did it publicly so that when he won, the people would understand on both sides that it wasn't like David did something miraculous. It was that God did something. And David's entire retort to Goliath is about when this thing goes down and when I kill you, it will be because God willed it, because God has already won this battle because it is within his will. And David puts God back at the center because it's about the people. Because if you win that battle and then everyone, every, you, the, the, they, they have the fight, David kills Goliath and all the Philistines go, attack! And they have the war anyway, what good did it do? In the same way, when you're sharing the gospel, it's not about winning the point. It's not about winning that little battle. The battle that you need to win is faithfulness. You need to be faithful to share. The thing that is at, the, at stake here is the heart of somebody. It's not the point. It's not the argument. It's not the proposition. It's the heart. The gospel is for people. The gospel heals people. And those people, they have different stories, they have pasts, they have backgrounds, they have hurts, they have addictions, they have problems. Maybe they've been hurt by the church. Maybe they've been hurt by somebody. I like to think of, I like to think of the gospel, I like to think of Jesus as a bridge. Jesus is the only way to go from being not on God's team to being on God's team. Amen? That's heaven. How do you get from here to there? It's only Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I, Jesus says, I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only way across. And some people are right here. Do you know what I mean? They're ready to make a decision. They're standing right on the the precipice of this cliff. And Jesus is the only way across. And if they don't decide to go across on this bridge called Jesus through through the gospel, they're going to stay on not God's team. And if you die there, you'll be forever there. And forever on not God's team means you're forever in God's wrath, and the Bible calls that hell. Some people are right there, though. They just need an opportunity. They just need someone to tell them this is how to get across. They understand 
that, they're, that, that, there's, a, uh, that there's a problem in their life, that there is a, a, a guilt in their heart, that they need to be forgiven. They understand that. They just need someone to tell them. Will you? But I think a lot of people, they're not necessarily right on the edge. And this is why we need to get to know people. Uh, James tells us something um, in his letter. He says, be, be quick to listen and slow to speak. And listening is important for, for sharing the gospel because it, it helps us reach people, right? It helps us understand who we're talking to. So some people are right on the edge, but some people are back farther and there's stuff in the way. They've got questions, they've got concerns, there are things that are stopping them from from accessing the, the gospel. And maybe someone is way back here and the thing that they need isn't, isn't just a, a gospel presentation. Maybe they need someone to help them navigate over some of these obstacles, to overcome some of their questions, their concerns, and their doubts. To, to heal things that have happened in their past, to get them closer to making that decision. And honestly, I think the devil is just loaded up. I don't think this is flat, and I don't think that it's easy. I think moving people toward the cross is a mess. There's even robots <laughs> and alligators. When you share the gospel with somebody be quick to listen because the gospel is for people. It's for hearts. It mends people back to God. Hear them. Hear what they're going through. Hear what they're hurt from and help them overcome those things. Help them get closer to the cross and then help them hop on by, by, by telling them that the only way across is Jesus Christ. My point is that the road to redemption can be long and tricky. Share the gospel with sensitivity. Share the gospel with compassion. And if you can, find out where they are spiritually and go from there. You don't have to. You can just tell the lady at Albertsons that, you know, with God, all things are possible. And do you go to church around here? And being faithful to share. But if you have an opportunity to, to dig in a little bit deeper, um, don't just, don't just be beat them over the head with the Bible. Because it's not just about the, the statements and the, and the propositional truths. It's about their heart. Try to reach them because they are what's valuable to Jesus. Amen? Let me... Let me close with one story, and I know we're running a little bit late. Uh, a professor told me this story. There was a, um, a professor at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and one night he and his colleague, were, uh, they were working late, and it was, it was nighttime, and they decided to take a break, and they were going to walk down to a convenience store that was um, over by this bridge. And they were walking, and they were talking, and, and they were... Um, talking about all of the stuff that was, that was going on uh, back at the school. And they get to this convenience store, and, and they go in, and they're, 
they're just getting some snacks and, and, they're, and they're talking. They're just enjoying the fellowship. And, and this young couple with a, a little baby comes in the store. You know, they hear the bell ding as they come in and, and they're, they're looking for some stuff too. And, um, you know, the professors are not in any, any hurry. So they're just sort of, you know, talking to themselves. And, and they notice this couple that comes in and, and just something seemed, something, you know, something seemed, you know, off about about that couple uh, and the baby, and they just and the baby was crying, and they just weren't sure, and they um, and uh, they they checked out the the two professors. They they bought their stuff and they and they left, and they were walking um, back to the school. And this one professor said to the other one, he was like, "Did you notice that couple in there?" And he said, "Yeah, I did. Did they?" And he goes, "Yeah, I I don't know. But we should go back." And the professor, um, they sort of pulled some money together, and they, um, he walked back in, and, and this couple was already at the counter. And they walked up behind them, and he put his hand on, on, the, on the young man's shoulder, and he said, I, I have something. It's just a gift. Um, you know, if, if, if you'll take it, just reach your hand back, and, and, and I'll give it to you. And um, the guy kind of went to turn around, and, and the professor kept his hand on his shoulder, and he was like, I, 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 just, want, I just want to give this to you. See, his, his spiritual gift is giving, and people who have the gift of giving often don't want to be recognized. And the, the guy put his, his hand out, and the professor laid a, 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 a wad of money in his hand, and he said, on behalf of the giver of all gifts and the giver of life, Please accept this in the name of Jesus Christ. And then he left. And they walked back and they thought, you know, we did the thing that Jesus had laid on our hearts. And years later, this professor is doing the the introductory lecture for all of the new students at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And, um, at, you know, there was one uh, young man who was standing up in the back. He wasn't really sitting with everyone else. He was just standing in the back. And he thought it was weird. And, and he, so a, a, as he dismissed the, the, the class, everyone wanted to come down and say hi to him. And he's fairly well known. And, and he was shaking everyone's hands. And everyone was leaving. And this guy was sort of hanging back and, and lingering. And then he finally came up at the end. And, and he shook his hand. And he said, Professor, it's so, it's nice, so nice to meet you. And the professor said, yeah, it's, it's nice to meet you too. And he goes, we've met before. And he said, I'm pretty good with faces. I, I, I don't remember. And he said, we've met before. He said, um, he said one day several years ago, my, my wife and I, and we weren't married at the time, when we had a baby, and we were down on our luck, and, and life was just really hard, and we were having a conversation, and, and we, were, we didn't have any money, and uh, we, were, we, were really, we were really down, and, uh, and we made the decision that we didn't want our little daughter to be raised in a world that was so hard to live in. And we decided that we were going to walk down to the bridge and we were all, we all going to jump off together. 
but our little girl kept crying, and we just, we just wanted some peace. We just wanted her to stop crying. And so we stopped at this convenience store, and we bought her a little thing of milk and a, and a little pack of donuts just so that she would calm down. And somebody, and what I didn't tell you was this professor has, is from New Zealand. He has an interesting accent. He said, somebody with this weird accent walked up behind me and put his hand on my shoulder, and he gave me money, and he said, on behalf of the giver of all gifts and the giver of life, please accept this in the name of Jesus Christ. And it changed everything. We went from there and found the closest church that had lights on, and we walked in, And that pastor that was there oddly late in the evening on a day he shouldn't have been, by God's grace, he led us to Jesus. He shared the gospel with us. We gave our lives to Jesus that day. And my life's been completely different ever since then. And here I am, and I never knew who that was. For my whole life, I thought that was an angel. really did. My wife and I both thought that was an angel. And then I heard your voice here in the seminar, and I knew, and I just wanted to say thank you. For everybody that you encounter, you don't know what they're going through. You don't know their story. People might look just fine, but you really don't know what's going on in their heart The gospel's for their good. Do you believe that? It's for them. It's for their good. It's to heal them. Even if you don't know exactly what they need to be healed from, Jesus does. Jesus does. And our job is to just care about what they're going through, to have compassion, to love them. Like Penn said, how much do you have to hate someone to not help them? And the truth is that the gospel is all about God's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The gospel is all about love. Point someone in the right direction this week, because next week I'm going to ask, did anyone have a spiritual conversation for the purpose of sharing the gospel? And I want to see more hands. Amen? Let's pray.